Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. Hello, hello, and welcome back. Today's podcast episode is so good. I'm so excited to talk about this topic because in all reality, this is actually something I teach about inside my Table Talk Picky Eating program, Um, and I really wanted to bring it to the masses, bring it here on the podcast, and just make you aware of it and some steps to kind of uh, navigate it. I want to take a quick second and remind you of my free picky eating guide. If you haven't downloaded this guide yet, take a second and click the link in the show notes below and download your copy today. It's eight pages long and you'll learn the five pillars of parenting a picky eater that not only make this podcast make way more sense, but it'll also help you jumpstart a more peaceful experience at the table. The best part is it's absolutely free and will be delivered directly to your inbox. All right, now back to the show. So let's get into it. Today, we are talking about the fear picky eating cycle. And this is what I've kind of called it. I don't know what other people call it, but essentially, it's this idea that we step into this cycle where we probably have a baby who eats anything. Not always, of course, but in most cases, I hear that picky eaters are like, I had a baby who ate everything and now she's refusing to eat anything. I don't know what happened, right? And so we have this baby who might eat anything or everything that's put in front of them. And then all of a sudden, they start to get a little um, persnickety, right? They start refusing foods and we get a little bit of fear inside of us. Maybe they skip an entire meal. They won't touch it. Maybe they throw it across the room. Maybe they put it in their mouth and spit it right back out. Maybe they will eat only a certain part of the meal, like only the fruit or only the um, carbohydrate or bread or whatever pasta or whatever you're serving, but they won't touch the vegetables or they won't touch the meat or maybe they won't touch the fruit or they won't even touch the pasta, whatever it might be. Maybe they decide that they only like pasta with the sauce on the side. Um, they don't like the sauce at all. They just want butter noodles, whatever it, ha- whatever happens, right? We start to get this little pit in our stomach of fear. We've all probably heard the antics of picky eaters. We've heard horror stories. We've maybe even witness some of our friends and their kids being picky. And we don't want our kids to be picky, right? It makes our life so much harder. And so there's definitely some fear that can build up. And once we let that fear in, it starts to affect our decision-making around the table. When we're making decisions out of fear, like we're afraid our little one might not like it or might not eat it, we start to maybe do things that we wouldn't have done in the past, right? So when there's a fear that they won't eat a vegetable, we might tell ourselves, well, why even serve the vegetable? Or maybe we'll serve the vegetable, but we'll dip it in cheese sauce, or we'll we'll try to sneak it into another food that we know that they'll eat otherwise, right? So that fear starts to change the way the food presents itself on the table. Once this happens and the fear starts to settle, we start telling ourselves these stories or these ideas that my child doesn't like vegetables or my child doesn't like green things or my child will only eat vegetables if it's mixed in and hidden or my child doesn't like fruit, my child doesn't like pasta, I have to serve it separately, right? We start to tell ourselves these 
finite beliefs or rules that our little one needs to abide by um, or we think that our little one is going to abide by. So the fear creeps in because we see them do something like reject something and that fear starts to actually motivate or push these beliefs or stories that we now believe about our little one. And when we allow that to happen, although it feels like we are protecting our child or working for our child or trying to set them up for success, what we're actually doing is kind of labeling them or deciding something that actually becomes kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. So once we've decided that they don't like vegetables or they won't eat it or they'll ignore it or they need to have it in some certain specific way in order to eat it, um, we then obviously start to change the way we serve it. And then over time, they actually do become pickier from that food because they don't get access to it. They're not exposed to it. And so when they are presented with it, maybe at a family dinner or a holiday or a birthday party or something like that, of course they ignore it or they don't eat it, which then just further solidifies the story we've been telling ourselves about what and in which way our little one is willing or not willing to eat a food. So essentially, this is creating a cycle in us, right? So there's fear because of something happening or maybe even not happening, a food getting touched or not eaten. And then that leads to us changing the way or if we present a food, which then leads to pickiness. And then that pickiness grows. And when that pickiness grows, then they do more of the rejection or ignoring or spitting the food or throwing it across the room, whatever that might be, which then continues to just kind of spread that cycle on more and more. And we dig ourselves deeper into this, what I call the fear picky eating cycle. And the problem with this is that it becomes really difficult to step out of this cycle, right? Once we know that our little one is picky and we start to let their pickiness dictate what we're serving, when we're serving it, how we're serving it, um, or if we're serving it, all of that starts to just continue to feed that cycle. So the best thing we need to do is actually to step out of that cycle. And that can feel really, really scary as a parent, especially if you're following me on Instagram or have listened to a lot of my podcasts, you know that I am not a fan of using pressure tactics to get your little one to eat food. So pressure tactics can include anything from bribing, begging, pleading, guilting, or even praising. And there's a whole list of other ones as well, but to try and get our little one to eat the food. So saying things like, three more bites and then you can have ice cream or eat your entire plate and you can be part of the clean plate club, right? Or cheering and celebrating when they take a new bite or telling them, oh, mommy worked so hard on this dinner. I just know you're going to love it. Just take a bite and let's see, right? Or teaching them a polite bite or telling them to just take one bite before they decide if they like it or not. Or maybe we even tell them that uh, this is your favorite food from when you were a baby. You loved it last week, right? We start comparing them to maybe themselves or a sibling or a friend. And this really starts kicking off this idea of using pressure around food. And then what's really interesting and what the research shows and really how I base my entire um, method is that pressure is actually kind of like a deeper spiral of the fear pick eating spiral because now you're in it, right? You've started to use these pressure techniques and maybe they worked at first. Like this is kind of an unspoken thing that a lot of people don't talk about, but sometimes they do work, right? Like the first time you tell them to eat three more bites and then they can have some ice cream, they probably gobble down those three bites like it's no big deal, right? Or you tell them to finish their plate and they can watch TV after um, their meal or during their meal, right? We start to use these kind of bribing, begging, pleading, guilting, and praising techniques and 
to help get our little ones to eat the food when the outcome is more kind of external versus an internal desire to eat those foods or like those foods or work with those foods. And so what we've actually done is gone deeper into that fear picky eating spiral where now we're kind of like one level deeper where now we've started to kind of play this game with them. And eventually it starts to backfire, right? And so maybe you're there, maybe you're not, maybe you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. It's working for me. And you know, if it's not broken, I completely understand not wanting to fix it. But at the same time, I can tell you hundreds, if not thousands of families have struggled with using these techniques and actually having them backfire long term on them. And then you're having to dig yourself out of a hole. So now you're one step deeper in the cycle and you really, it really becomes really hard to step out, right? If you're used to making bargains at the table or using praise or um, demanding or telling them what they'll get or what they won't get, based on their eating habits at the table, it's really hard to sit down, watch them ignore broccoli and not say anything about it, right? And it's really hard for them too. They're kind of looking at you like, aren't you going to say anything? I didn't touch my plate. I'm not sure what to do. They've they've played this game before, right? They've done the if-then Uh, practice before, they know that typically mom or dad will say something or give them something if they eat a food. And now they're going to start testing your boundaries even harder because they're used to that. That's where they think the boundary is. So it's really hard to uproot those boundaries and place them somewhere new, somewhere different, somewhere unfamiliar. And it's going to actually take longer for your little one to adjust to it. All right, you guys, here I am yet again telling you about something that I slept on for way too long. So have you heard of Daily Harvest before? Because I'd heard about it for probably years before I actually decided to try it. And once I tried it, I am never going back. First of all, Daily Harvest sends you a shipment of a ton of freezer ready meals or even smoothies, which happen to be my favorite. There's also soups in there and side dishes and full on meals that you can make at any time. Daily Harvest has saved me more times than I can count where I'm just having a hard day and need to make something really quickly, or I don't have dinner planned or the plan that I had for dinner completely got messed up or I'm hungry in the middle of the day and I just need a freaking smoothie, but I don't have the time to put it all together myself. For those of you who may not know about Daily Harvest yet, this is a service where you can order these frozen meals with impeccable ingredients, whole foods, and delicious combinations coming right to your door, practically ready to eat. You just throw them in the oven, maybe even the microwave, heat them up on the stove, or put them in your blender and they are ready. And I just can't tell you how much I wish I could have gone back, especially in those early days of becoming a new mom, wishing I had a service just like this and that I wouldn't have slept on it for so long. There's a reason why a lot of people are talking about this. I absolutely love Daily Harvest and their options. Um, I'm going to leave a link down in the description box. You can check them out, learn more. You can actually save 40% with my code. So I'll drop that down in the description box as well. I hope you give them a try and you don't wait like I did. Let me know what you think. Uh, The smoothies are probably one of my favorite things they make, but I also have been really loving their harvest bakes. And I've been loving their flatbreads, soups, and their little bites have been really fun to have in the freezer as well. All right, let me know if you try them. Remember to use my code for 40% off. The link will be down in the description box as well. And now back to the show. 
So once you're in this cycle, what I recommend is to make a plan of what your new boundaries will be, what your mealtimes will look like from here on out, making a decision to no longer let fear uh, dictate what you put on the plate, if you put it on the plate, or even how you put it on the plate, and instead empower yourself with methods and techniques that can encourage your little one to try new foods or look at new foods or even like new foods uh, without using those pressure techniques. And that's exactly what I teach inside the Table Talk Picky Eating Program. But essentially using the non-pressure techniques can feel really overwhelming. Unfortunately, it is the only way it can be really uncomfortable to step out of the fear picky eating cycle. So once you're in it, the only way to step out of it is to take a really uncomfortable step towards no longer using those pressure techniques and no longer using fear as your motivator um, or your sidekick for your me- for your meal planner. Now, depending on the age of your kid, I recommend to say something to your children about the new direction, the new plan, the new boundaries. Now, if they're littler than like two and a half, I would say maybe it doesn't require a whole entire conversation, maybe just a statement here or there, um, or maybe you don't choose to address it at all, which is completely fine as well, but really showing it with your actions. We're not all going to get this perfectly at first. It's going to be messy. It's probably going to be comfortable for both you and them. And like I said, if you have gone into not only this cycle, but also the deeper cycle of using um, different sorts of pressure techniques, it's going to take time to dig yourself out of that hole. But the best thing we can do is be consistent and be clear and be on the same page with um, our partner who is also feeding our child at the table alongside of us or on nights that we have other things going on. So it's really important to be consistent and predictable for your little one. So one of the best kind of tactical pieces of advice that I want to leave you with today, kind of obviously bringing awareness to this cycle that you might be stuck in, by the way, you are not alone in that, but one of the best kind of tactical pieces of advice that I would do is when you're meal planning, when you're deciding what's for dinner, what's for lunch, snack, uh, breakfast, all the things, ask yourself, what if I didn't have a picky eater? What would I serve if I knew they would eat it? What would I choose to make if I knew they would try it? Asking yourself these questions takes the fear out of it. It it takes the risk out of it. And of course, this doesn't land you in a perfect place either because maybe what you would plan on serving, they wouldn't touch any of it. So wouldn't necessarily recommend doing that. But it does kind of get you out of that fear picky eating cycle to asking yourself and really getting um, clear with what type of eater you want to have and how you can start working towards that. Now, if you haven't already, a great place to start if you're like, man, what I would love to serve, my little one wouldn't even look at it, wouldn't even eat it. I just know they're not going to touch it. They're way too picky. A really great place to start is downloading my free picky eating guide. If you have not grabbed that, that, that yet, I highly recommend it. It gives you the first five steps to reversing picky eating. It really goes into detail of what to do in those sorts sorts of situations to help your little ones look at, try, or even like new foods. So I'm going to leave the link to that guide uh, down below in the description box. Make sure to download it. It is super helpful and I can't wait to hear what you think. All right. I hope you love this episode. I hope it was helpful for you. If it was, make sure to share it with a friend and don't forget to leave a written review. They mean more to me than you know. All right. I will catch you next week.
Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.